Hello and welcome to the Sips Don't Lie podcast with Jane and Jenny. In this podcast we honestly discuss life, love and how to be your most authentic self. In each of our episodes we'll pair our conversation with wine that matches the mood and topic we're talking about. So pour yourself a glass, get comfy and remember Sips Don't Lie and you're starting to feel it's right. Hi guys and welcome to episode 13, Moving On Up. I'm Jane and I'm joined by my co-host Jenny. Hi guys. And tonight we're going to be talking about all things moving house and buying your first home. So today we've matched the conversation with the Shiraz. Over to you Jen on exactly why we've done that. Perfect. So Shiraz is a grape variety that originated in France and you'll probably know it better or you'll probably know it better as Shiraz because actually it's also known as Syrah in France but it moved to its new home in Australia where you get really famous kind of Aussie Shirazes and it's become kind of their flagship grape variety but it's obviously not actually from Australia so it has a really lovely link in with the moving house vibe that we're talking Mm. about because the grape variety has moved and that's similar to a lot of the other grape varieties that you'll find because there are a lot that come from France so if you're looking for this grape variety in in France and you're looking in a supermarket you may also know that it's called Syrah you may though find it in Côtes de Rhone. So if you're a big fan of Côtes de Rhone, it can usually be one of those varieties that's blended into the Grenache, Mouvedre and, and Syrah as well. So you may find it in a Côtes de Rhone, um, you may find it in a Chateauneuf de Pape, um, mm. and it's from the Rhone Valley, so you're getting lots of like quite ripe fruit, you're going to get high alcohol, you're going to get some black pepper, um, lots of dark jammy fruits um and in the northern rain really interestingly they mix it with a little bit of viognier which is a white grape to kind of add a bit of perfume to it as well so it's a really interesting uh interesting grape variety um i've got a a Syrah from Cross Hermitage, which is in the Northern Rhone um but yeah i think jane you've got a you've got a shiraz haven't you yeah guess what it's called oh i think you did tell me Willy <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so that's really exciting but yeah I'm definitely getting that pepper vibe that you're talking about but do you know what it's giving me as well like a sh- not a sharp aftertaste but you know when your your mouth is like a bit tart tart is that the word like do you know that do you know what I mean that drying yeah drying. I'm getting that aftertaste with it yeah so that would be the tannin so because the grape variety is quite ripe and it's quite rich you're going to have that high alcohol so that high ripeness from the the grape the 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 sugars in the grapes and what they're going to do is they're going to balance that by adding um or sort of maturing the wine in oak which is going to add tannin and it's going to have all that tannin from the skins when they've extracted the wine Mm. as well so you're going to get that very drying sort of like the the flavor that you would get from the skins essentially mm. but yeah it's, it's delicious Shiraz isn't is usually one of the great varieties for me which I don't usually go to because it is quite a it's a bit heavier a bit more boozy mm. but um, I do definitely I can definitely pick it out and it's um yeah you get that lovely black pepper vibe and there's sometimes a little bit of a freshness especially with the Syrah compared to the Shiraz um yeah cool. delicious delicious yeah. So Jane, do you want to kick us off with our first question? Yeah, so this is an, an interesting one. When is the right time to buy a house? Mm. 
or your first home because it could be a flat so for me I think so for me buying a house was always about creating a home and it wasn't really about an investment and some people do buy a house because they want to have an investment right um but for me it was never really about money it was about having a space and creating that space so I don't I don't know when I think the, the right time is when you're ready to make that commitment about where you want to live mm. and yeah for me I'd, I'd bought a house with my ex-boyfriend um which felt like the right time and then we subsequently broke up just as we bought the house um so then I didn't want to go back into rented because I felt like that wouldn't be the right thing to do then mm-hmm. so then I bought my own place after that um and that felt kind of like the right time to do it because it felt almost like a bit of a it might have been a backward step to go to go back into rented yeah how, how did I mean I mean you bought your own place as well so how did you feel like it was the right time to buy yours so definitely this really similar reasons to you I wanted my own home it yeah. was like I wanted my yeah same like you it's not really like an investment decision I haven't thought like I'm going to pay this off and have money when I retire like I've not thought of anything logical like that I just wanted my own space that was fully mine yeah um, I'd gone through like lots of house sharing I'd even got um before I bought my place that I'm in now I was renting a place on my own but even renting like you can't paint the walls you can't change the kitchen you can't you can't you don't have as much freedom because it's ultimately not yours and though it's rare that is there is that fear that the um landlord can turn around and be like oh, you need to get out because I want to sell it or that so I think it's also a bit of security that this is mine and if I ever want to move I've got the freedom and power to do that because I own it yeah I think it's that definitely that freedom piece right Mm. on there like I think it's that freedom of being able to feel like you can control what goes on in your own home and in your own space and you don't have to rely on somebody else to dictate Mm. what that looks like definitely definitely and like I'm thinking of like that the whole buying a house process how did you feel going through the process of kind of even starting from trying to find somewhere up to actually getting the keys so I think I'm well I'm probably a bit of an anomaly to be honest so I so I said I bought so I bought so I had two different situations because I bought two houses so the first situation was with my ex and we bought a new build property and we needed to wait nine months from when we sort of agreed to buy the house to when we would move in because it wasn't finished in terms of it was a new build Hmm. Um, and that whole process was quite difficult because he was very controlling in the situation and um, didn't really let me know anything that was going on or um, you know I was very much out of the loop so it felt quite weird when I then bought my own house for the second time on my own because I actually felt like I actually bought the house if that yeah. makes sense yeah first time I was very shielded from you know him and he wanted to control you know how we bought the house and you know because there's a lot of financial information that you need to give and I gave all of mine but I didn't see any of his and mm-hmm. all of that stuff um I mean that probably just tells you about the how bad the relationship was <laughs> um but it it felt quite different buying the new house and I think I only looked I think I looked at about 15 properties but I looked at them within a week yeah uh, lined them all up and chose the one that I now live in and have lived in for a few years now um yeah within a week and liked it and got my auntie to come around the next day and she was like yeah love it and I was like done 
off made an offer got accepted and then but it was the process of actually coming off the other mortgage at the same time so it's kind oh. of like people would feel like selling mm. at the same time of buying because I'm impatient and I wanted to buy straight away and I didn't want to go back into rented and you know so that whole process was very stressful um but it was a strange situation because I was obviously leaving a past relationship so it was almost like a bit of relief and freedom at the same mm. time yeah it was a very mixed emotional kind of roller coaster um of time really I mean I don't how, how I mean I imagine that that isn't going to be comparable to your experience no I, I think you've described it well there buying a place is a mixed um emotion emotional roller coaster that's yes. a really good way to put it there were some bits that I really really loved and there was parts where I was just crying um I think yeah. it, was, it was really interesting so I only looked at five places before I bought this flat but yeah. before I bought the flat I was really clear on where I wanted to live so proximity to the office to bars which was pointless now yeah. to be inside all the time but I wanted to be in x amount of distance and I knew little things like it was really important that I had lots of natural light in the flat so like yeah. loads of flats that you look at have like tiny windows like you're in, a, in like kind of a, a, a ship or something and I was like nah yeah. so even if I sort of thought I was like it's not for me so like in my flat all the windows are ceiling to floor do you know what I mean yeah, so then I'm really big on natural light I'm really big on high ceilings so like some of the newer builds I was like I feel um claustrophobic because the ceilings yeah. are really low so I'm quite big on high ceilings and little things like I don't like carpet so I've, I bought a place that's got no carpet and stuff so also stuff that had minimal work because I because I bought on my own I knew if I ever wanted to change stuff I've got to basically pay someone a lot of money to do it or do it myself so I tried to find something as aligned to what I wanted as possible and I did it was the fifth flat that I looked at mm. and I, was like, I just knew I think you just instinctively yeah. knew and if anything feels off I think it's just not the right place and I think you instinctively knew but I think a positive around that was because I was buying on my own I didn't have a partner or someone who was buying with me that I had to take their thoughts into account yeah. um, and think about what they need and that I feel like that would bring a whole another level of stress kind of dealing with what somebody else wants I, I, the process of it is so stressful I absolutely yeah. hated getting all my financial documents together oh my god my solicitors that I had kept sending me doc like contracts and spelling my name wrong oh not my, my first god. name because it's Jane like you can't spell that wrong but my um surname and middle names are um exotic shall we say um I mean, you can't even spell your own middle name. <laughs> yeah I, even I spell my, spell my own middle name wrong which is just hilarious um but like it's not Sarah I'm not called Sarah Davis it's not a simple thing to spell but also I was like I've sent you my passport you just have to copy my name from the passport to the contract so they'd send me it back and amend one name and then spell another name wrong and I was like you are just incompetent shit um oh so I hated that process I hate chasing people so basically when you're buying, I don't think I know anyone who's had a positive experience with a solicitor. On, in oh, that. I did. Oh, mine really? Were, yeah, I think mine were actually decent. So I, I mean, naively, I had no idea of who to choose for a solicitor. So I just chose who the estate agent suggested. Hmm. It was actually really good. And she did me a massive favour because she sorted out my old property for me as well. Um, to the point where she, I think she just did some sort of document that she needed to do um she was actually very good my solicitor um and she got sh sort of shit done um but it was very stressful and I, I mean I find all of the documentation I mean me, me being kind of uh having uh, being a director of my own limited company meant that I had to produce like years worth of business bank statements sure. as well as 
other Spanx statements and I've moved every year for the last sort of six, eight years or whatever. But that, that to me is all documentation. I'm very good at that. I'm project manager by train, uh, by trade. So all of that stuff was really easy, but it was the emotional kind of like, oh, actually you need a bigger deposit than we thought. And we need to re, you know, the mortgage offer needs to be redone. And, you know, all, it was all of, it's just all of these steps and unforeseen things that mm-hmm. you have and you don't understand the process. So you're like, okay, so I, when, what does this all mean? And when do I, like, when does that happen? And when I exchange, does that mean I've then bought or, oh, you yeah. know, no one tells you all this stuff. And even if you Google it to hell, can't find it out no and nobody why they don't teach us in school I don't know because it's so hard and things like you know when they do like conveyance in reports and they're like it says this on the like ecological report and I'm like I don't know what that means <laughs> yeah you don't and then I was googling like what is that thing there's like some church thing that you have to pay and I can't even remember what it's called it's like a Chandley fee or something I yeah I have no idea but there's some, some sort of like insurance for the renovation of the church in the local area and stuff That's oh my so gosh random I know but it's all really odd stuff and things like how old is the roof and how old is the flat and honestly too much very stressful um stressful um because also I don't know if you'll have it in your flat do you have to pay um oh what's that thing called you pay it like to the because you know in flats it's a building someone owns the yeah. building and does all the maintenance service charge service management service charge yeah. nobody warns you about that because when you're renting you don't actually pay your service charge I'm guessing your landlord does yeah exactly I mean I don't have that now because I'm in an old uh, there's only there's only a few flats in my um building and it's a conversion so it's not um I don't need to pay that but yeah you're, you're completely right and you have to pay ground rent as well ground rent, yeah um and there's a whole heap of things that you just yeah, as you say, no one told, tells you about these things. Um, and it's it's a big commitment as well for things like if your boiler goes wrong or, you know, things in your house you need to fix. And, you know, paint's expensive. Oh my God, paint is so expensive. But you're right, even things like boilers, washing machines, that when, you, when you're renting or living at home, you never have to worry about stuff like that. No, exactly. And you just make that phone call and then you're like, okay, sort it out. And you're like, okay, done. They'll be they'll send someone around soon. But when you when you move to a new area, I was like, I don't know who's a good plumber. And mm. I remember I I had um my radiator, we were painting my, my room and my radiator sort of came off the wall because it wasn't really put on properly. Um and my mum kind of moved it out and I was like, oh my god, mum, like you've bloody pulled this radiator off and now it's hanging off the wall and I had it was on books for about three months Mm. to kind of keep it up and I went to this company that looked really legitimate and they had a good website and they you know looked looked like they were good anyway they came over they put my radiator back on took them a couple like an hour or so's worth of work and they charged me uh, 200 quid for it or something and I was like god it was expensive but I was like what can you do this hanging off and you know whatever and he's had to get parts anyway he came back to put it on the wall and charged me another call out fee for another 100 quid and I was just so I was just gutted because it was like an unforeseen charge Hmm. and when you're on your own sometimes these little things that come up can be really difficult to deal with because it's like well I don't know how much I should pay and I feel like I'm being ripped off and you know and it, that that's a really difficult thing I mean I don't think you've had anything in your house touch wood that's gone 
really wood, not yet it's been a year but i think you're really right about knowing lots of different trades people like i really yeah. want a new door in my living room that's got a glass pane in it as before me when pre-covid i used to go out i remember being in smoking areas and meeting guys and being like are you a joiner do you know a joiner i need someone to hang a door <laughs> do you know what i mean trying to get numbers okay. not to actually meet people but to do practical stuff in the house like a tyler like there's some things that i think you can do on your own and i think one of like i think another positive thing i got from the process was confidence to paint everything myself because yeah painters and decorators are expensive so paying someone to do that yeah. do that for you is hundreds of pounds yeah. and i was like right i'm gonna go to b and q underestimated it i thought i'd only spend 30 quid i spent 130 quid on all the equipment yeah. but actually i can do a decent enough job that i'm happy with myself yeah um so that was like a really amazing kind of confidence boost but then like i'm thinking of all the points in the process where i was like crying um you know you've got a fuse box um i was making a cake and i dropped the electric whisk i think in um the sink <laughs> which had water in it don't ask and it obviously tripped the whole circuit of the electric in the house and i couldn't I didn't, I didn't know what was happening. And I was, on, I was like with, talking to my dad and I was like, I don't know what's happening. Uh, uh, <laughs> and my brother was like, oh, you've tripped a switch and like talking to me and like, like speak. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I don't understand. And he's like, go to your fuse box like, on a video call trying to get me to sort it out. And it's little things that, like that. And I was like, oh, th at this point, I really wish I had a man in the house. Do you know what I mean? Like I really yeah. wish I had a boyfriend. I'm not saying that boyfriends and husbands know these things because a lot of the time they actually don't which they I actually don't know um but that's that was one of the points where I was like oh my god I wish I had a partner and I was doing this with somebody and then I think yes. when I first moved and I got the keys to my new place I found moving so stressful because moving on your own like I have no family around here where I live there was yeah. nobody I, I felt really not unsupported but actually I packed every box and unpacked every box on my own I carried them on my own and that's when I, I, I proper sat down and I was like, oh my God, I'm so alone. And I was like, yeah. and, I, and I was like, oh, this is where I really wish I was doing this with someone because it'd be quite exciting. But it was more, I felt you are actually, it was a, a negative but positive at the same time. So I was like, I'm so alone in this life. But I was like, but we are all actually truly alone in this life. So it's. Yeah. Awful, awful but I think, I think that's really interesting that you say that um you you wanted to have someone always to share it with or to share problems and I and I feel like that completely and some days when something goes wrong and you just want to share the load of the stress mm. but interestingly when I've talked to friends that have moved in with their boyfriends or bought a house with their boyfriends they've been like oh my gosh this is like the most unfun time we thought yeah. it would be fun to buy a house and choose out the curtains but it's just fucking dull actually mm. um so it seems like it might be a fun experience but actually in reality sometimes it's just nice to just go and it, everything takes twice as long because you've got to have two people's opinions I guess mm. yeah so it, it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as well if, if, if you've got someone who's not like proactive in helping you and, and even like stupid things like if I could share all my bills with someone I'd have so much money <laughs> yeah same <laughs> it's life-changing do you know what I mean across a lifetime yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So do you think that for you it was important to buy or to, to buying versus renting? Do you how how important do you feel like it, it was to buy? For me it was important just for that freedom bit and I was so, I was just over renting and I was like, I think I, you know, when you do fill in forms and it's like, please list your last five addresses of the last five years or something. I have like eight addresses to put down. Yeah, same moved around so many times and I was just over it like I wasn't feeling settled anywhere where I was renting I'm, I'm living in some great places but I was just like I just want my own I'd got to the point where I was like I just want my own space 
Mm, mm. That's really interesting. And I mean, I think I, we, I've, I've talked about this in therapy as well, where I've actually moved my whole life, even from when I was sort of 13, 14, you know, with parents that are divorced and moving between houses and moving with them every year. Um, and then obviously going to uni, so you move again. Mm. So actually it was really important for me and it didn't really matter if I bought or rented. It was really important for me to settle somewhere a little bit mm. just, and just find somewhere that I could stay in yeah. um, for quite some time because I hadn't really ever done that. And it was really important for me to find somewhere that I could kind of grow into that would stretch me a little bit so that I could stay. Because yeah. for me, it was really important that I didn't buy somewhere that I would get bored of. <laughs> was the main thing because I knew that I would want it felt very natural to keep moving and to keep uh, switching places so it was really important for me to buy to stop me from doing that although the buying thing wasn't really um, that important and actually in hindsight I it doesn't feel any different to really if you're renting I don't think yeah I know what you mean but it's just that like it's all mine yeah yeah I think for me it's just being able to decorate is quite nice Um, and have pets because obviously I have two rabbits so it's quite nice I mean I don't think it would be very difficult to have them in rented so it was was to have animals Um, yeah so it 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 doesn't feel like but I don't think it's the be all and end all right so I don't think if you can't buy I don't think it should be a pressure that you put on yourself to buy somewhere because I feel like it's amazing if you can do it but there shouldn't be there doesn't need to be a pressure for it because it is a huge commitment Mm. and can tie you down in other ways that you may not want to have that commitment at a certain time of life right yeah although my friend said to me the other day she was like I don't don't know what I was talking about um we'll talk I think we're talking about like living in the UK and she's like well you've bought a place now so you're um like kind of what's the word yeah committed and I was like not really I can sell it no. you know what I mean yeah I exactly. don't feel it don't even though it's like a way to anchor you down it doesn't actually anchor you down if I get offered a job in Singapore I'm gonna go I'll sell my flat or rent it out like I don't feel it doesn't feel like a weight a strong weight anyway on me yeah no absolutely and did you how, how did how did you manage to get on track with saving because it is it, that that is something that is really really difficult isn't it to... that is so difficult but the biggest biggest thing that helped me buy a place was to move out of London <laughs> um, I, haven't, I haven't bought a place in London and people that buy places in London hats off to you because I do not have 50 grand to pull out of my ass to put down on a house like, I just don't have it. and that was yeah. like a really I found that really frustrating I think because on my salary and renting in London I you can't I couldn't put away more than 200 pounds a month yeah and I think like well it's going to take me till I'm 45 to even pull together a deposit to buy a place in London I was like oh that was really disheartening for me yeah and everyone's like well you just live out of London and commute in and like, I was like I don't have any interest in living in Kent or the home counties like I don't want to live there do you know what I mean no exactly um, it's just not for me like and, I, and then I just thought logically if I'm going to be doing two hour commutes into London I'd rather just live in a different city so I moved to Manchester because in Manchester the housing market's way more accessible to, to be on a kind of average salary and buying us like and I know loads of people that own places on their own and they're around our age in Manchester um yeah. whereas I, I think you're the only person I know in London who's bought a place on their own everyone else is in couples so you've got two people yes. bringing money to it and um so that's probably the biggest thing but saving wise I got uh, helped to buy ISA ages ago 
and I was and I when, when I used to work at the bank I sh had shares at work as well which I just left for ages and that racked up quite a bit of money and probably the biggest thing that helped me save was I moved in with my cousin for a year yeah and that basically took me out of the London rental market and that helped me save loads and then obviously when I moved to Manchester and rented my own flat my rent was like five, 500 pounds a month or something or 600 yeah. pounds a month whereas in London that was for a whole flat in Manchester Whereas in London, yeah. I was paying like $750 for like the smallest room in the flat. Um, so little things like that really helped me. But I had to understand, I had to look at my situation and be like, realistically, are you ever going to buy living in London? Yeah. And I was like, no. And I was like, I've either got to get comfortable with the fact that I, to be in London, I've got to rent. But even renting, I was sick of it. Like, I couldn't even afford to rent a flat on my own in London. And I was like, I just, yeah. this is just not it, it for me. So kind of working out those switches and changes like and I think people who are able to live with their parents and stuff to save money like, although you're living with your parents it's that's probably the, the most amazing opportunity to save like even yeah. like I've lived out since I was 18 and like some of my cousins have lived at home and they're saving but like even stupid things like they don't have to pay to fix the boiler they're not paying for um, even stupid things like washing up liquid and bin yeah. bags and stuff like imagine doing that across a lifetime all those little things help I think yeah. So yeah. I and mine's quite different because obviously I've had my own company for the last six years. So money for me was was quite good in terms of having my own company and contracting and, and it's a quite a lucrative business. Um, so that was really helpful um, to kind of kind of boost me up in terms of my income and being able to save that but I'm also just not a very frivolous person and I really do think about say things that I buy and I'm very resourceful um even my boyfriend's like you're a bit tight Jen sometimes and I'm like well I'm not tight at all um but I am just very cautious with you know I think I don't spend a lot of money on clothes it's probably where I a lot of people will spend more money and I kind of just go to Topshop or H&M or you know, new look or whatever. Um, and I'm just quite, I'm just not very sort of, you know, I'll, I'll spend money maybe on nights out, but I'm quite careful with what I, I do spend. I think anyway, I don't know. No, I'm definitely not. I struggle with not going on holiday all the time and not going out to eat and being drunk all the time. That's where all my money goes. Yeah. But I guess when I go on holiday, I do, I'm quite good at finding cheaper alternatives. I mean, when we went away, I think we did quite well for, how much we spent and we didn't we found quite a good you know re, a really nice airbnb and you know and when i've been on holidays they have been you know i haven't got on the all-inclusive really lovely holidays that cost sort of 1500 quid a week it's been more the they might be a bit further abroad but they're kind of quite cheap and you know they're really nice but they're not you know i'm savvy with what i choose uh, I get good value for money. I think that's for me. It's all about getting good value for money. Mm. Um, I don't mind spending a little bit more if something's going to last. Um, and I've stopped buying kind of like throwaway clothes. Yeah. Throwaway furniture or things. It's like, no, I just need to get either very cheap stuff that I can replace or stuff that will last for years. Definitely. I'm just thinking as well, people, what do people not tell you about before moving? Whatever amount of money you save, it is never enough. Yeah. <laughs> that was probably the biggest thing I learned. So obviously I saved enough money for the deposit and didn't factor in legal fees. And I was like, shit. Um, and like I had money saved for furniture, like sofas. Oh my God, so expensive. And you yeah. want good sofas and like 
for the mattress for my room I bought an expensive mattress I was like because I'm going to sleep there every night and even if you save an amount and think this will be enough it's never enough because I think it takes like a good year or two to make your home into your home once you move in because you want to buy like photo frames and candles and yeah. do you know what I mean but that it's amazing how much it all racks up and filling a kitchen with everything it needs so whatever you save it never hurts to save more than you think you need because yeah people don't factor in that kind of like furnishing and the more rooms you have in your house the more money it will cost to furnish the house <laughs> that is the problem right mm. um so it, yeah completely I, I hadn't really factored that in and I'm still still struggling really in terms of paying off the money that I have to buy for the house mm. um, the extra money of things that I needed um yeah it's it's just difficult but I think it, if you can do it, you know, it has its benefits. Um, but I don't think it's the be all and end all, um, unless that's something that you really, you know, you really want in your life. Mm. But yeah, it's about being savvy with it. And I think it's a great, you know, great that you recognise that and then was like, I'm not going to sit here in London and whinge about the fact that I can't buy a house. I'm going to work out what it is from the career and the job and everything else. And then work out how I can do that mm, exactly because I was like either I've got to get a job that's 150 grand a year or I've got to yeah make make peace with where I am in life yeah exactly exactly so do we want to talk a little bit about shared houses oh my gosh how many shared houses do you think you've lived in Christ knows 10 yeah I think mine's 10 as well and I went from different so I think in my early 20s I used to live with friends it was always friends and then everyone started like kind of meeting people and moving in with boyfriends and I was like oh my god I have no friends um, <laughs> left who want to live with me um so that's when I started doing like proper like you know when you live with people off shared, shared um what's that thing called bare room bareroom.com um which has had some I've, I've lived with houses of people where none of you talk to each other which is makes you really feel like oh my god I need my own home like it did, I, I remember yeah. this place in Archman and she didn't feel settled mm. uh, and then I lived in a really really good house share in Highbury and like met girls that I'm now friends with and it was just it, we used to call it like the lonely hearts club so every time someone moved out somebody else would move in and they'd just like been like oh I've broken up with a boyfriend and da, da, da. it was just so funny and I really to live with like, like welcome 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 come, come in welcome. we'll fix you and move you along um but yeah I've had some positive experiences and negative experiences but what do you think about uh, what your experience is Oh, do you know what? Like, I think at uni it was fun um, for like the first couple of years, but it was difficult because you were thrown together with people and you're going through an immensely stressful period of time, especially for me at, at uni. It was, yeah, we went out, but for like two or three weeks of the year and then it was like, okay, I'm, I'm struggling because I have a lot of work to do. Um, so you're in this immensely stressful environment, you're living with people, you're trying to work and, you know, go to uni and, you know, you in these horrible, horrible house shares that the houses are just horrible anyway. So it's just really stressful. And then, you know, moving to London and living with probably less people than I did at uni, which was good. Mm. But they, and you know, I've had some of the funniest times and the fun nights out and the, um, the, sort of unplanned nights out as well have been amazing in shared houses yeah I've also had the I'm in a shared house but I actually feel quite lonely in the shared house that makes sense yeah like I'm with all these people but actually I just want to do what I want to do and I don't want to feel judged by if I don't want to go out on a Saturday night or 
I just want to create some space and you know and that's that's the lovely thing about living by yourself um is that you can create that space and that you know that no judgment I'm gonna you know freedom I guess that you don't have in shared houses definitely it's not my most annoying thing when you live in a shared house is you're like I'm gonna cook this for dinner tonight and you go to cook it and everything's not washed up oh my god I still lose my shit I'd be like I need to use this pan and you haven't washed it oh my god yeah it's just yeah I I think so me and one of my friends we lived in shared housing and then we moved to another shared house um because we were like you know I had a boyfriend and we just thought that it would be nicer to go back into shared housing and you know and we found a really nice one actually really close to where we used to live Mm. and then we decided after about six months we were like actually we want our own space and we moved into our own two-bed flat and we lived there for a couple of years two one or two years I can't remember but we had the best time that was lovely like living with a really good friend was really nice um and I really enjoyed that to be honest um and that was dead easy but it's amazing what an impact living with somebody else can have on you because I think that's a really good point you raised where you can mm. be living in a house with four other people but feel really alone because actually somebody else's mood somebody can make you feel not at home and when you and it's, yes. it's being to listen but someone else's moods can make you feel like you're on eggshells I used to live with someone and I was like oh her moods would just make me feel like I, I don't want to be here yeah and that do you know what that's so tough as well mm. like that is the worst when you're in that situation and I guess that that ties into kind of um, if you move in or the positive and negatives of moving in with someone else opposed to just moving in by yourself. Because, um, yeah, there, there can be if someone else's mood is quite negative, that can have a real effect on your space. And you can just feel the aura, can't you, of like yeah. negativity. Yeah, definitely. Um, I Yeah, that's so horrible when that happens, because if you don't feel at home anywhere, you're just you feel a bit lost at sea don't you yeah that's really hard so what do you think of the I guess positives of moving in with someone else um oh my god your bills will be half the price which I know is, is a really like um uncouth thing to think of but fucking hell you must save so much money <laughs> imagine halving all your bills in half I'd have I'd be going on more holidays like I think it's amazing to share that burden like you said for somebody so financially but also like the light bulb's gone and somebody else is going to think of fixing that it's not all on your head like if this doesn't if I don't sort this out nobody's going to sort it out which I think is really nice but, think- but just just to be devil's advocate uh you you've got twice as much more likely things are going to break <laughs> oh yeah that's true and you may have someone because I was thinking about this so that you may have someone that's like oh I want to get Sky Sports and you're like oh my god I don't want Sky Sports at all yeah. uh, but Sky Sports you'll be like oh, well you know you've got to pay for it babe and you're like well have I <laughs> so yeah I ideally it would be half but in reality um it's probably not yeah um and I just think um that feeling of coming home to someone and the little things people can do to you to show kindness I'm obviously talking about a dream scenario here which probably isn't realistic but like when you've had a hard day and someone's like I'll run your bath or like they've made you food and like cooking and doing stuff together like I think that's really really nice but I was talking to my therapist about this actually you, you everyone has different value system and different ways of doing things mm-hmm. just because you'd wash a pan up as soon as you used it doesn't mean the person that you live with thinks in that way and that's where like tension and frustration comes in doesn't it yeah no especially and like um my boyfriend is 
uh, he's horrendous at, so he will cook and not wash anything up. Whereas I wash as I go. I'm very like, I, you know, I could cook a roast dinner and you would not know that I've cooked a roast dinner in that kitchen because mm -hmm. I've cleaned everything as I've gone or I put it in the dishwasher and it's all tidy. Whereas he will, it will look like a fucking bomb has gone off in that kitchen, but he's quite good. He will do it, but he will just do it like at the end. But whereas I hate that. Um, but I know that about him, so it's it, and that he's never going to change that. So mm. I just have to accept it, and I have to accept that he will open a packet, and it will be an empty packet, and it'll be on the side, and he won't put it in the bin. But I just go round after him and, and clear everything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that that's you know you just have to accept it because you can't change people. Um, exactly, it just is what it is. But you're you're completely right. It is mad, isn't it? What do you think about, so on the opposite end of the spectrum is living alone. So what do you think of the, the good things about that and the bad things about that? Sorry, I was just, I was just pouring some more of my uh, Syrah, which is Ooh, very nice. going down very well, actually. Yeah. It's very nice. Um, I think, do you know what, the, so positives living in, I, do you know, what, I think it takes a really long time to get used to it. Mm. I think it's, it's a real, like, it'll take you some people, like, up to a year, I think, to really embrace living alone and to get used to it and to be in your own company I think is extremely important mm. um and it's very empowering and very it's just incredible really once you get to you know live alone and I think it's really important to be able to we've talked about this before on our um one of our episodes around traveling by yourself or being able to be comfortable um on your own and I think living alone gives you that opportunity to do that and it's just the most amazing thing of like, I'm going to eat this for breakfast and no one's going to judge me. If I want a cupcake in the morning, I could have one. No one's going to say anything, you know, and I, I've, you know, can then do your exercise classes or, you know, you can leave your bed in a bit of a mess because no one else is going to see it. Mm, um, exactly. I think you've tapped into a really good point there. Um, I, I, I never knew I needed to live alone until I lived alone. I think it's one of the most amazing gifts I've got in this life. I really feel for people who've never lived alone. I think it's, yes something very very special to experience and it and it makes me a bit sad that some people have gone like will go cradle to grave and never have had that space where they live alone I think it's like in terms of personal growth you I think it's like some and bits of it are really hard and it's really dark and I know a lot of people who live alone absolutely hate it but I think it's an amazing like growth opportunity yes I, I'm completely with you and it is horrible to start with it's really getting comfortable with your own space and creating that kind of like what do I want to do and not you know because before when you live in shared housing it was very much fitting in with what other people do would do a doing and when could you cook your meal because everybody else was doing their own meals mm. so it was very much like you didn't have to make a lot of decisions yourself but living alone gives you that amazing freedom um, and the opportunity to create your own space as well which is you know amazing yeah it's an amazing gift to be able to to, to have it's, and it's also a privilege to be able to do that in this life like not everyone will be able to afford yes. to live on their live alone at any point in their life yes. they will always need to share a home with family or with a partner because just financially it doesn't work but I do feel yeah. like it's one of the best things I've ever done and I I know if I ever live with somebody else again I will when I live with them I, there will be points where I'll be like god I miss living on my own <laughs> yeah but I think it's around creating your space so even if you do live with somebody else it's around creating that kind of really positive boundary that says okay 
we live together and it's amazing and we have this lovely time together but we have you know time where someone will go out of the house so you can just have a bit of your own time or you have a room or a cupboard or you know a little area that's your own right because I think that's really important Mm, your own space and your own time one of my brother and sister were here over Christmas it was like oh I go in a bath because that's just my space and nobody else is here yeah that's really nice and yeah I have my um the office where I'm in now which will always be my space um and we're thinking about if um my boyfriend moves in where where his man cave will be or where his room will be or his space because it's really important yeah I know I I am trying to get him to do the garden as well because I was like that garden's a mess (laughs) and I it's not my thing um I I like the idea of it but in real terms no um but yeah it's like I want to create that space for him so that then when he you know he can go somewhere and feel like that's his own and I don't touch it and I'm you know that that's his and I think that's really important if you do have the space to create individual areas or you know places where you can go um I think that's really important that's so interesting and now you understand so much more like why um, there's a man cave or like dads like to be in the garage or in the shed because it's about having their own space yeah it's interesting that it's um you, you never have a like a woman cave <laughs> Yeah, and I and I don't want to. Uh, I think you know, in a sexist world, men would be like, "Well, that's the kitchen." Um, and I literally was thinking that, like, maybe that, we don't have a woman cave because they believe our cave is the kitchen. No, but that's why I'm like, I'm creating my office will be mine because it's a small little room, and you know that that will be my space, and um, one of my other bedrooms can be his room because I think that's important because obviously I've lived here for a few years, so it's important that he has um his own space and I think that anybody that lives together as a couple it's important if you know and and I appreciate like it's really difficult especially um if you live in London to be able to have enough space because it is is somewhere that you can't um you know it's a it's a luxury really but just creating that little tiny like area of the house that's just yours even if it's just like a shelf where you have a couple of photo frames that's your stuff and you know a couple of you know things which is his stuff or her stuff you know um I think that's really I think that's really healthy to to have that space to do that definitely I do it gives you I think that's really important creating your own space even if it's a shelf yeah yeah absolutely absolutely um yeah and what would you do I mean we've been quite fortunate that we've been able to kind of create our own sort of decoration and we've been able to paint what we wanted. How would you find that if you had to compromise on decor or mm. you had to work with somebody else to agree on different things? Interestingly, I'd just go out with someone who had no taste and was like, oh my God, Jane, you've got such a creative eye. I'll just do whatever you say. <laughs> um, that's that's so one, I think. Um, because actually it is like a merging of two identities, isn't it? Yeah. And I think, do you know, I think it's really difficult because I, I, I mean, I'm quite, I would say maybe, um, no, I, I, I think it's, it's really hard. And, and what am I trying to say here? I'm trying to say that I probably don't have, I wouldn't wriggle that much. If somebody was like, I want this colour and I'd be like, that's horrible. I don't want that colour. I think mm. I'd be a bit stubborn about it, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and I definitely was with my ex. He would be like, I want this. And I'd be like, do you though? <laughs> yeah, that's hard. I think compromising on everything 
like what curtains should we get what size tv should we get those would make for interesting I'm not going to say arguments discussions yeah and I think it is I mean I think you know we weren't aligned on so many things and because we didn't get on and we couldn't communicate enough or well enough that didn't help in our relationship I think when you've got really good communication even if you disagree you'll be able to come to a decision um, about what it is that you want hopefully um, but I think that yeah you and, and, and then again it's like okay well you do your thing in your room and I'll do my thing in my room and then we kind of come to a compromise mm. on, a little bit, on, a, on a shared space um, it, it's kind of maybe do it like that so you know God, you, you wouldn't want your bedroom to be all sorts of colours. I'd be no. like, I hate it. I hate your work. Oh, but yeah, interesting. Yeah. So final question that we got this evening is, so how do you connect with your space, even if it is within a shared house? Because that is quite hard because when you're in a shared house, like everybody uses pans, even if you're like, these are my pans. How do you how do you create that space? Because I, I, that is tough. Oh, yeah. So I think when I was living in shared houses, I always, even though I moved around so many times in London, I always had, I had this, I have this massive picture. You've probably seen it, Jenny. Um, that's fucking huge. That I bought when I was drunk and crying after a breakup. <laughs> um, but actually, it, it comes to every home that I live in. And that feels like that's my piece of me that I brought to this room. And like I love little that. bits of artwork and stuff like that. Um. Um, and then kind of thinking wider than that like when I lived in the last flat that shared flat that I lived in I always used to I love flowers and plants so I always used to buy flowers every week and put them well not every week but every now and then um, yeah. and put them into the space so it felt like even in a shared area like the living room I, it felt there's a piece of me in there mm-hmm. uh, no I love that that's really nice I think I have um yeah I have lots of like little not really ornaments because I don't really like ornaments but I have a lot of like vases or I don't know stuff or, or nice kind of candles and bits and I'd always whenever you know I'd take over a room it would be very me um and I have a very big woodland canvas that's probably traveled around for the last 10 years with me hmm. come to every single house and it's not even that nice I got it in Birmingham years ago um but it, it's just you know that those things really make it a home and I think I really um I really struggled actually when I moved into my house having a connection with it um, which is really interesting because I'd moved around so much so this was the first opportunity to actually create a space for me that wasn't around other people's space Mm. Um, you know so I really struggled actually to be able to do that and it wasn't until you know I got some crystals and I actually put photographs of my friends up and yeah I'd made it so beautiful and like a bit of a show home because I wanted to design everything really well but it needed almost a bit of clutter and a bit of crap everywhere (laughs) you know it was a friends and family everywhere like my fridge is covered with photos like there's photos everywhere I love it when you go to someone's house and you see a photo of you like it really gets you in your heart I'm like oh my god you love me enough to have a photo of you in your home Jane oh do I have a picture of you I don't Oh, mate, I do. I do. I have, it, I have it on my office wall. I've got one. I've got one. I just looked and I was like, good. I've got one of Jane. <laughs> um, and I, who did I say this to the other day? I was like, if I haven't got a picture of you in my house, it means I don't love you very much. Oh, burn. There photos of me and I'm like, but there is. <laughs> I love it. No, you, you're so right. I think photos of friends and family and things that mean stuff is really important. 
um, and and just not locked away in a cupboard or a book. You know, they're out and they're there. Mm. It's really nice. Um, and then like just colours and things like if you've got like a particular colour scheme that you usually like or if you've been quite open with how you've decorated your space mm. now. I like um so there's lots of grey. I'm not really a big fan of grey, but grey's very in at the moment, I think. But then I've got loads of, like my sofa is navy. I've painted a wall navy. I think my colours are blue, like dark walls and mm. like state I've got statement walls in every room. Um that's probably my vibe. Oh yeah, I like that. I mean, I have. I'm very green. Green's my thing. So yeah, so uh, all my rooms are actually green, <laughs> or a shade of, or slightly like bluey greens, tealy colours. Mm. Um, my bed is is teal, and I've got sort of grey, and kind of neutral colours and earthy colours going in with that as well. Um, but yeah, that that's kind of my vibe, and and anything that's kind of in that kind of theme works really well. So. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah, mine's definitely a grey and navy vibe. Yeah, and I and I definitely think that if people are listening to this and they're thinking about buying a house or moving or, you know, it's such an empowering thing to do. And thinking about, you know, going on Pinterest and, and looking about what you want is just so empowering and amazing to be able to be like, even if it's, you know, it doesn't have to be like, I want this massive design it's like I'd really like this piece of art or I want to create this piece of art or I think it'd be really cool to design something in this way you know that's just so that's so cool to you know you've done that and that you've thought about it and it's your thing so and saving up for statement pieces as well like you've never seen my headboard in my room but it's fucking massive what is it with me and buying massive weird stuff I like stuff like (laughs) I bought a piano as well actually on everyone if you're going to buy a piano do it on ebay so cheap um but that was like one of the best things i've ever bought because it feels it looks really at home in my bedroom so it's just like getting ideas and being like i really like the idea of having that so you just yeah it and then like okay it's 500 pounds i'm going to save up and get that in the next six months or something like that yeah 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 exactly and because it's yours and it's your space to create and it's how your vision of what you want in your life really Mm. um so it's it's really important uh not just at a you know day-to-day level um at a wider level I think as well lockdown has definitely been quite a difficult time and people that have had you know created really good spaces um have done better or have found it easier because their space is easier to be in. Um, because, you know, in lockdown and in this pandemic, we've had to really bring about a lot of stuff into a very small space, you know, working, eating, sleeping, you know, everything in just one, in one small environment. You know, I've loved seeing everyone doing loads of DIY. I've got one more question for you. Mm. about where you live now, because I'm li- looking at, in my flat looking around like I'll find it really hard to move out of here when I move out mm. but I can't see myself moving for a, a while but do you what do you see yourself moving again and where do you think what do you think you'll move into next so yeah so I mean um my book my current boyfriend and I obviously will think about potentially moving out of London because he doesn't want to live in London Mm. um and I'm cool with that because that 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 sort of works with my vision of of what um I want to do anyway Mm. and I think if we move out of London it will have to be a kind of farm and we'll have to have land and space for me to grow vines 
and will be very different to this flat. So actually it won't feel too bad letting this go um, because I will have something that's very suited to my life. If you yeah. know, what I mean. it'll yeah. be a very life move rather than a, a house move. Um, so it, it will be, you know, but I, I yeah, it will be really tricky, I mm. think. But I think, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how long it is or if that happens and, you know, how. But the next move I will make will be, I'm hoping, a more orientated to kind of longer term future. Yeah, yeah that, make, that makes sense. I get that. Yeah. So, yeah, it will be interesting. So, and you think you'll be you'll be in yours for a little bit longer? I've already been here for a year. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I don't... Uh, do you know what? I don't know if... Um, I, I don't know if I can see myself actually living in the UK long term. Just, I just think like, you know, with like Boris, Boris Johnson's England is not it. Like I just think the whole thing is like, <laughs> the UK. There's no offense. Hey, let's do it. Let's let's no, But you know, when you're just like looking at this country and I'm like, we're actually an embarrassment. I just don't know if I'm, I don't know if I want to be here long. I, I don't know if I want to be here long term. I'm just like, it's just, I just don't know. With our government, I just don't, it's not looking like a great place. So yeah. I was looking at the other day, houses in Barbados. Oh, Jane, stop it. <laughs> I've broken it into existence now, so I'm going to have to go. It's very expensive, but I'm just like, you know, when you're like, I don't know, I can see myself, whether it will happen or not, I'll probably still be living in like Manchester when I'm like 95. But I just, I just, long term, I can see my, I want to be somewhere that's got loads more nature and it's green and it's sun, there's sunlight. Oh, I love that. More jungly environment than the fucking UK. <laughs> Mate, um, yeah, I love it. I think it's brilliant. I think I, anybody that's like, oh, I'm going to move, I'm like, do it. Like, you know, life is too short to exactly. stay in one place. And, you know, you've got to experience it and try different things. Mm. So do it. So, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. If, you, if you go, mate, I'm coming over all the time. <laughs> Imagine just living in Barbados. It's just your life. It'd be so cool. Oh, my God. Absolutely. And on that note, I think let's end it on that bombshell because Barbados will be insane. <laughs> but that's what we should strive for, right? Exactly. That's what you strive for in this life. Put it out in the universe and see what happens. Exactly, mate. Exactly. So thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Please do remember to leave a rating, review and subscribe. And until next time, thank you so much for listening. Bye. Cheers, Thanks, bye.